The Cougars are back. Hand off Squally. Squally runs it right, gets to the five. He's got the pylon. He's got the touchdown. Oh, Canada! We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Timing pattern. End zone. It is caught by Bushman. Back left pylon. Touchdown, Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is proudly supported by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Depending on where you are, good morning. Some of you may be good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live today. BYU returns to Lavelle Edwards Stadium after a bye week to face the Northern Illinois Huskies. This is the first ever meeting between these two teams. The Cougars will return the game and play in DeKalb coming up in 2020. As always, I am joined by Mark Lyons. Mark, after a long bye week, two weeks in between games, we finally got another BYU football game. BYU's coming off its best offensive performance of the season. I know fans are really excited to see how this team comes out today against the Huskies. I'll say, you know, it was such an improvement to play Hawaii as well as they did compared to how the Utah State game went. And so uh, I think that they want to see, everybody wants to see now if they've uh, turned the corner and have things rolling. So I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen. But holy cow, what a, it's a perfect afternoon at 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, how could things be better? This is great. The view of the mountains is fantastic. The leaves are changing. The sky is blue. Expected to have temperatures at game time in the 70s. You could not ask for better weather. All right, let's get to today's game headlines as the Cougars face the Huskies. These are your BYU football headlines. Headline number one. We were talking about, I know that one hurt, Mark. What are the expectations for Zach Wilson after the bye week, and how will he handle facing one of the nation's best defensive teams? Well, you know, talking about the bye, and and I don't, you have to kind of decide, is the bye good for Zach, or was the bye bad for Zach uh, for as far as what he's doing? As a player, I didn't like buys. As a coach, I didn't like buys. As a spectator, I don't like buys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm biased, however. But uh, so Zach, though, I think it's probably going to help him just a little bit to be able to uh, uh, get more acclimated with all the players. Uh, he's now the guy that steps into that first huddle, and he's going to be more comfortable now in doing that. He's part of, you know, a bigger part of now BYU football. And so I do think that's going to assist him. But, uh, how, you know, last week was great. Things just couldn't have been much better. Completed two-thirds of his passes, three touchdown passes. Scores one himself. Uh, you know, he came out of there really nice. So uh, And didn't look overwhelmed in all. the slightest. But today, well, he did give up three sacks. Uh, today, uh, this Northern Illinois defense is going to be a challenge for him. And they're big and ugly, and they uh, kind of get after you a lot. And so uh, I'm interested to see if he can still keep that composure. Well, the bye week was positive for one player, and that brings us to headline number two. (laughs) Squally Canada is expected to return to today's game. How effective can he be, and will we still see significant (laughs) carries from Lopini Katoa, Matt Hadley, 
and Riley Burt. Yeah, is so if we, you know, you go by the last game you played, and all of a sudden everybody had a series, and they had a series, and you get to run this series, and then they alternated and came back to a guy and let him run a series. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be something they stick with. Uh, it, that, that also is something that I'm going to uh, be excited to see today. But Squally Canada coming back against a really good, really good rush defensive team. Uh, Utah opened with Northern. Utah played Northern Illinois in their second game, and they ran for 68 yards. They've held two opponent, three opponents this year under 68 yards, and so. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with how well their linebackers play and how they do a nice job. They're solid tacklers, uh, like we saw against uh, uh, Utah State. So uh, it'll be a challenge to see how well BYU runs the football and is Squally going to be a part of that. That's the thing we want to watch for. Well, we know he is healthier coming into this. How close to 100% with the ankle, we don't know. What we have seen is that when Squally this season has been healthy, he has been more than productive. Yeah, he right. has been a workhorse and has really carried BYU on the ground. It will be interesting to see how effective he can be and how Jeff Grimes and the offensive staff work in the other guys that two weeks ago really looked good. Yeah. And if we wanted to just expand a little bit more, Utah State had a three-man front, and then our linebackers were extremely active, and the BYU couldn't get to him to block him. So that's why their run defense was so solid. I see a similarity here with Northern Illinois. Their front really does take up a lot of blockers, and uh, the linebackers are so quick to fill, and they're very aggressive, but that should lead to play-action pass. Headline number three. In looking at this Northern Illinois team, the Husky offense, I would say, is average. They obviously rely a lot on the ground game, and that's BYU strength defensively, stopping the run yeah and so uh it's strength on strength today and uh, uh that's where i think it's going to be interesting again I, I really like this matchup today i'm pretty excited about watching this football game because uh, uh northern illinois runs the football well it's their bread and butter if they run for 200 yards they don't lose and they run for 200 <laughs> yards and so uh i think that that's going to be the challenge today is byu has to be able to Put them in long yardage situations to get them out of their run game. Headline number four. This is an interesting stat. BYU has played 25 freshmen, Mark, including 15 true freshmen this season. To take that a step further, they've started 10 freshmen, including five true freshmen. I don't know if it's fair to say it's a youth movement, but the young players on this team are certainly stepping up. Yeah, I think uh, they really are doing a nice job. D- Dick Harmon uh, had an article this week that uh, kind of said that last year's troubles led to a lot of infusion of younger players playing this year. And so uh, with those guys being able to step up and perform and perform well. Now, the guys that I'm impressed the most with, those cornerbacks have been playing a lot this year and have been holding their own. And so for a freshman to come in and play at cornerback spot, that's pretty impressive. Coming up, you're going to hear from Corbin Kafusi, Elisa Tuiaki, and others in Cougar Cuts. But next, we get to know the foe as we talk with Northern Illinois play-by-play man Bill Baker. This is Cougar Pregame Live. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you from beautiful Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Getting you ready for the Cougars and the Huskies. It's time to get to know the foe. We're joined by Bill Baker, who calls the action for Northern Illinois. First and foremost, welcome to Provo. Well, I tell you what, I've been uh, 39 years. I've been everywhere. I've been across the country, <laughs> uh, border to border, coast to coast. And uh, we were just talking next door a little while ago. And uh, this is by far the most spectacular view <laughs> we have ever had out of a press box window. I guarantee you that right now. Yeah, this is this is quite uh, amazing. And even though we get to see it all the time, you still never get used to just how beautiful this is. You can only imagine what that must be like when you've got a lot of snow up there in the, in the top well, of those hills. And if you come back in another week, you may see that snow. So. We'll, we'll be in Akron. Oh. Yeah, you probably uh, you, you won't miss that. Yeah, yes, exactly. Story, it's a yeah. whole different view. Guys. Completely different view and uh, weather. Yeah. So let's talk about this Northern Illinois team. All, the, all of the wins have come against other MAC teams. They're 0-3 against the P5 opponents. What type of team comes to Provo today? It's a team, guys, I think that's beginning to hit its stride, to be honest with you. I mean, when you begin with an Iowa, and you guys know all about Utah. You might not like them, I understand yeah. that, but you know all about them. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, you, you, right there, you're, uh, you're dealing with uh, two of the top ten defenses in the country. And then, uh, then there's Florida State. We caught them at an unusual time. They'd just gotten waxed uh, up at Syracuse. We went into, uh, into Tallahassee, and that was an awful afternoon. You know, but yet... We had a touchdown called back that would have made the game 23-20 to going into the fourth and final quarter. So we had a shot there. It's it's a club that is beginning to find their stride. Uh, Mid-American Conference play has certainly helped that. There's a big difference between the MAC and the uh, you know the group of five of the Power Five. With, without There's no question about that. You know, it's taken the ground game a little while to get going. Uh, it's a matter, I think, of confidence. They found that in, uh, in Mid-American Conference play. And yes, they can run the football. And, and yes, when they do run the football for 200 yards, they generally really win the football game and that it's no secret that uh, and Rod Carey said this every time I ask him I could record it and never have to say another <laughs> word to the guy you know what's the key to the game run the football stop the run uh, strong kicking game and don't give it away and there it is there it you is. know those are my keys to the game today too yeah, it, it holds true especially here today against we read the, the same book it, it's a Brigham Young team that we see coming in here as as being I think maybe one of the strongest teams physically one of the strongest teams that we played I don't know that they have the the speed of Florida State. I don't know that they have the speed of a couple of guys at Utah and even a couple of guys in the Mid-American Conference, but this is a strong team. Uh, They've run their system. They've run their system very well, and really all anybody that supports Northern Illinois needs to know about Brigham Young is that you guys went into Madison, Wisconsin about a month ago (laughs) in front of 80,000 people and knocked off the Badgers by three. That's all you have to know about what kind of a football team you've got today. Yeah, and so uh, and they're cr- trying to get back to that same performance. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the quarterback, uh, Marcus Childress? Marcus Childress was tapped as our starting quarterback following the non-conference season last year. We'd had a couple of other guys, and he'd been in the rotation. Uh, but uh, for some reason, Rod Carey decided he was going to make a little bit of a change going to league play last year. The first game was Kent State. Uh, we were surprised. I think it was on a Monday that we found out that Childers indeed was going to be the starter. Because he was a freshman. Yeah, he, he was, yeah, indeed. And, uh, uh, you know, a little bit like the Zach Wilson thing. I don't yeah. know how surprised you guys were when he stepped in, you know, against Hawaii. But we were, you know, yeah, astounded right. a little bit there because I thought your QB was pretty good. Uh, 
we like uh, in in our program, in the Northern Illinois program, we like the the dual threat type of quarterback. We like a guy that can beat you with his legs and a guy that can beat you with his arm. Now, Childers coming and, and starting as a redshirt freshman uh, last year and getting uh, you know getting the experience, uh, winning half a dozen games, you know, has brought his game along. He has he, he's got a decent quick step, first step, I want to say, when he is going to carry the ball. He's just, you know, it, it's a rhythm with him. It, it's a rhythm, and that's we, – we were spoiled at Northern. I mean, you go back to uh, 2013, and we had a, a guy by the name of Jordan Lynch who was a Heisman Trophy finalist, and that was the year, you know, he kind of broke the uh, the BCS bubble and you know, went to the yeah. Orange Bowl yep. and played down that way. And uh, there's, a, you know, there's a big difference between a Jordan Lynch and anybody else that's come along. Those guys come along, you know, in, in group of five uh, competition yeah. not too very often. Uh, his passing game, is he's beginning to find his rhythm. It's no secret. If you look at the numbers, he's had some difficulty with deep balls. He's finding the mid-range game. He's got the short game. They like the quick outs to the sideline to you know, get a, either get a running back or, or get one of the wide outs in space and try to work him on the sideline, get you know, some north and south yardage that way. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, he, he, like everybody else on this team, he's come along. He's beginning to really hit his stride. And uh, this is a guy that uh, you can, I think they can build on for the next couple of years, to be honest with you. Talking with Bill Baker, calls the action for the Northern Illinois Huskies, getting you ready for Northern Illinois and BYU here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. There's no question that the strength of Northern Illinois is the defense. It's one of the best defenses in the country. A defensive end, Sutton Smith, is uh, quite a handful, seven sacks on the season, and that's to say it very lightly. He's a beast. He is an absolute beast. <laughs> that's all it is. So when you look at the success that this team has had defensively, is it because of the scheme? Is it because of the personnel? Or like most times, it's both. Well, you know, and really, it's, it's got to be both because you got to match your personnel to the scheme, or vice versa. Right. You know, whichever way you want to look at it as a as a defensive coordinator, you got to get together and figure out exactly what guy could do what, and where you're going to put him. You know, take the the most advantage of his particular skills. But here's Sutton Smith. Rod Carey said it perfectly last year. And I don't have his his numbers uh, from last year with me right off the top of my head. He he does have the uh, the seven uh, sacks and I think it's thirteen tackles for losses so far this year. But uh, in the off season, he said Sutton Smith could have half the numbers this coming season here in 2018 that he had in 2017 and he would still be an All-American <laughs> candidate. So go figure that out. He's a guy, he's got 44 and a half tackles for losses on his career and he's got, what, 22 sacks uh, on his career. And he is a beast. The only thing, the only thing tougher, uh, the only thing uh, harder, uh, more solid than than Sutton Smith on a football field is that big hill right over there <laughs> you know, with snow on top of it. Trust me. <laughs> Well, uh, I know. So the the defense is solid, and man, they just pursue like crazy. They uh, are all over the field. Uh, when it's a run, they they read it right, and they're powered in there, and they make the stops. And when it's a pass, they all drop back. They know what they're doing. Tell me about special teams. Special teams. It, 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 this is uh, this is something Andrew Gans is, is doing our kicking, and he is uh, one of those fifth-year graduate transfers. Uh-huh. He came to us from Cincinnati, had won some awards, had been on some uh, watch lists over that way, but they hadn't kicked the football much the past couple of years, primarily because of injury. And he too had a slow start. I think he missed two or three out of uh, the first four field goals that he had, uh, field goal tries that he had at the beginning of the year. Ever since then, he's he's come on. He's seven out of eight. He's he's become reliable. Has really been tested much beyond 40 yards right now but inside the 40 yard marker uh, I'd like it yeah there's no question and uh, you know the uh, the punting game Matt Ferentz 
as good as anybody we faced. This guy's going to average right around 40 yards a kick, maybe a little bit more. I mean, his masterpiece, in my mind, is being able to drop the ball inside the 20 and have it stick and, you know, not get that bounce into the end zone. He's He's been a master at that. Uh, he's, you know, he'll uh, he'll pooch, punt the doggone thing. He'll rugby kick the, uh, the football from time to time. Uh, and he'll just uh, kickers love to kick at elevation. You know, I, I, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, you've, you've got that. You got forty five hundred fifty three feet here. I think way different than the uh, the seven forty. I think we have back in in DeKalb. But I was with the, I was with him in practice one time, and I said, "What is the art of kicking a tight spiral, or you know, the end over end punt?" I says, "Or is there? Is it just dump luck?" He says, "What do you want me to do?" And I gave him. I, I think it was like eight. You know, spiral end over end. He hit every one of them. So don't ask me how he controls the football, but he had every single one of them, the way I'd call it. What does this team, how does this team feel about jumping out of conference this late in the season to travel west and play at altitude? I don't know that the altitude bothers them as much. You know, we played at Wyoming a couple of years ago. We played know? a lot of Mountain West Conference yeah, teams over have, the last yes, five or so years. We have, and, and you know, up there, that's that's the highest football field in the, in the country at 72-20. And there was all kinds of talk about 72-20 and how you're going to breathe up there. And, you know, okay, fine. Uh, this year, coming into this game, nobody talked about altitude. I guess if you're not over six or 7,000 feet, it doesn't count anymore. <laughs> but nobody mentioned it. Anyway, here's the thing. If you don't talk about it, nobody thinks about it. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's a psychological and, thing. Yeah, and even at 72-20, a lot of our line, linemen said, uh, yeah, you know, you, you come off the field after a series, you go back out, you can't breathe after the first snap, up until right. the second snap. By yeah. the time you finish the second snap, you don't even notice it any longer, so that's it. Coming this far west and stepping out of the league, yeah, that's difficult because uh, they have this thing called uh, midweek matching in the Mid-American Conference. It's a TV thing. It's ESPN and, and CBS and whichever, and uh, a good chunk of the back begins playing midweek games this coming week, as we do. Now, we'll get home tonight, probably uh, midnight, maybe 1 o'clock before they get to the stadium. I'm not sure what their time limit is or their, their timetable is. But uh, they'll, they'll be getting back on an airplane Wednesday afternoon to fly to Akron and play their Thursday night. Oh, yeah. So we had the off week last week and had to work you guys in, a club that we've never seen before. And uh, you think, well, you got a league opponent. Yeah, you do, but they're in the other division, and we see them maybe two out of every four or five years. So Akron yeah, is not exactly. Yeah. So you're trying to get ready for a couple of teams, at least trying to get a head start because you can't look past this this game. You can't do that. You're going to try to get as much in as you can for Akron without sacrificing your prep time here. That's what makes it tough. Good stuff, Bill. Thanks. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, welcome to Provo. Hopefully you enjoy Beautiful your time place. and have a good call today. Hey, thank you so very much. Best of luck to you guys with the program just as soon as we get out of town. <laughs> there you go. Bill Baker, he's the voice of Northern Illinois. Appreciate him stopping by and helping us preview today's matchup against the Huskies. All right, my one-on-one with freshman quarterback Zach Wilson is coming up a little bit later on at Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's a gorgeous Saturday afternoon in Provo, Utah, coming to you live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, watching the BYU Cougars warm up as they get ready to host Northern Illinois, both teams four and three, both teams coming off a bye week. Looking forward to this one. Mark Lyons joining me here from the press box at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Mark, it's time for Cougar Cuts. And while the offense is certainly getting the attention, and rightfully so, for the spark that was provided and the production that was the result of it, 
the defense had a very similar performance against Hawaii. They were so much more aggressive than they had been in previous weeks, and Corbin Kafusi talked about the transformation. Yeah, I think there definitely was a difference in our defense, and that's kind of the way it should be. I think the thing that brought it about was, you know, in the previous weeks, we've kind of been, I don't know, we're trying to contain stuff instead of trying to stop someone. It's like, okay, we're going to contain them. So, like, you're playing in a mindset where it's like, instead of you playing offensively, like, you play defensively. Like, you try to absorb all the blows where it's like, no, you know what, we're going to be the ones dealing the blows to them, and they're going to have to fix that. And, Mark, I love that mindset. And you saw it against Hawaii. They were so much more aggressive. I love this defense coming in with the attitude, we're going to be the aggressor. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, And we've been waiting for it. And uh, so it seemed to be that Hawaii was the one that was going to be the blunt <laughs> receiving that. And uh, I, I thought uh, they were much better in the way they approached the run and pass on defense. They controlled the game. In the first half, they were terrific, just absolutely great. And then the second half, Hawaii had a little bit going for them, but uh, I thought the defense did a great job. Since the switch at quarterback, we hadn't heard from Tanner Mangum. Well, that came to an end on Wednesday when he talked with the media. Tanner talked about how he's handling the situation. It's a part of the game. It's been an opportunity for me to, to be a good teammate and help Zach out the best I can and, and make sure that he's as prepared as possible and, and then being there for everyone else too and just making sure that I'm you know, staying as dialed in as I can and as, as focused as possible you know, to stay in that same mindset that I always have been is to, to keep preparing, to be ready no matter what. Yeah, just, I've been working hard as I have, as I've always been and just, you know, just still, being, still being me. Yeah, I don't know if anybody expected anything else from Tanner Mangum. The guy's a class <laughs> act, and, and I, 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 this is what I expected from Tanner Mangum, to handle it with class, and that, that's who Tanner Mangum is. From the day he was on ESPN following the Nebraska win and uh, handling those questions to today, uh, having that same opportunity to be humble and uh, a team guy, uh, I've been impressed with him that way all along. All right, we're going to uh, – Switch up just a little bit. Uh, we're going to go to Cougar Cut 4 here, just uh, for the producers. Tanner was also asked how his relationship with Zach is now, especially since they're roommates at the hotel. Nothing's changed. Nothing's awkward. It's no big deal. We're, we're, we're friends, first and foremost. We're teammates. And, uh, we're, you know, that's, that's, that's what matters most. And so we're not going to let you know, what happens on the field get in the way of that. And, Mark, just continuing on that, that original thought from the previous soundbite, too, you know, this, this, is, this is an opportunity for, for Zach Wilson to be able to soak up the knowledge that Tanner Mangum has had. He has been through so many different scenarios, going with different, you know, offenses, having to adjust to that and, and the injuries and, and, and sitting. There's so many things that Zach Wilson can learn. So the fact that these guys are still tight, they're still close, and that they can help each other out. I, I love that dynamic for the quarterback position. Well, you know, it helps so much to have a, a, one of your competing guys for the position be a positive influence on what you're doing. And uh, for BYU, I just think this is a, a terrific uh, atmosphere for those quarterbacks to all work together to get as good as they can be. It's all a team thing, and I think Zach's going to see that again today that he's got to do his 111th, just right. like Tanner has been doing. He can't put all the weight on his shoulders against this good defense, and I think Tanner will be there to support him that way. I'm really curious to get your take on this one after we hear this from uh, Coach Tuiaki. 
outside of injuries, at this point in the year, teams typically have roles and spots solidified. BYU, for many different reasons, injuries being one of those, is still waiting for guys to take those spots. Defensive coordinator Elisa Toyaki talked about the competition for playing time. It's always up for competition, right? And you like to see a little bit of uh, consistency as far as just guys performing week in, week out. Right now, it's just kind of the nature of it where everybody's competing and some guys end up playing better than others. And and uh, it'll continue to be that way until until guys can really solidify their spots. But right I mean, it, I think it's a good thing. Sometimes you look at it, it might look like a bad thing. But the fact is everybody's competing and, and uh, they're fighting for jobs every single day, every single week. To take that one step further, certainly the idea, Mark, is to get the best players out there that's going to help you win. And if you still need some time to be able to figure those out, then that, I completely understand that. It is just a, it's, it's a little different that this late in the year, you're still there are still that many spots open for competition. Yeah, and I think that the difference is uh, that they're talking about it that way. They're trying to create this... Uh, this atmosphere at practice that everybody has a shot so if you go out and work harder in practice this week and get to play in the game and you perform better you've got a chance to be the starter i I think that uh, it just hasn't been expressed uh, so openly i guess uh, from coach uh, tuiaki to uh, coach sataki both of them comment often that uh, there it's always competition and the area that's most uh, interesting is that Butch Pau, who is just a superstar middle linebacker, well, Sione Takitaki has taken that spot, and Butch is trying to get it back. And so there's that competition going on at that middle linebacker's position, and it'll be interesting to see who's there at the end. All right, coming up next, I go one-on-one with freshman quarterback Zach Wilson in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live coming your way after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. To Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Shep and Mark Lyons with you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, getting you ready for kickoff at in Provo between the Northern Illinois Huskies and your BYU Cougars. Both teams, four and three, both teams coming off a bye week. Before we get to this week's Shep Talk, let's pause for station identification. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Zach Wilson is the youngest player to ever start a quarterback for BYU, and the most impressive part of that is that he doesn't play like it. Wilson, as we all know, gave the offense the lift that it needed, and it did, he didn't look overwhelmed at all by the task. I talked with Zach the other day. Here's our conversation in Shep Talk. All right, before we get into some hard-hitting football questions, I was out here watching you. You were throwing like 65 yards with no problem. What is the longest pass you've been able to throw, do you think? Just this uh, couple weeks ago, actually, I think just messing around, yeah. I, I threw uh, 68. It was close. I, was, I mean, I was trying to beat it out here. Just um, shrugging your shoulders on 68 <laughs> like it was no big deal. Uh, honestly, should have. I feel like it should have been farther than that. I mean, 68's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty good. At what point did you realize you had the arm that you have? I don't know. I still don't believe my arm is as great as it could be. I guess... Uh, Guess I'll see my senior year how much I I change from now, and I hope it's I hope it's way better than it is now. But um, I guess right now it's, it'll it'll do. Yeah, it'll do. Yeah, I think it's just fine. What did you do on the bye week? Are you the type of player that during the bye week certainly you got to get the work in and, and do things you need to? But do, do you try and get away, or 
you just so involved in it, you can't really step away from it. You know, so I do for sure. I definitely take some time off. Um, want to relax, just watch some TV, um, talk to my family. I went home over the break, but um, I made sure every day I got the things done I needed to get done. I mean, we're not here as long mm-hmm. for the break, but I made sure I got a lift in or um, got some guys together, threw around a little bit just to make sure we weren't uh, coming back completely rusty. So, Did it come at a good time, the bye week, in terms of helping guys get a little extra rest, a little more preparation time did, did it happen at the right time for this team do you think yeah I think it was perfect to uh, split right right in the season and then uh, we had midterms this last week and I think this was a good break from kind of our transition of, of trying to pick up and and continue to just strive to be how we want to finish the season I think this is a good a good break time to kind of reemphasize all that stuff I'm sure that you guys have gone back many times maybe you personally have gone back a couple times and <coughs> reviewed the performance against Hawaii in terms of the production, what was working so well that night? I think it was a combination of everything. I think the run opened up the pass, mm-hmm. the pass opened up the run, and, and our defense plays solid. That's always that's always nice to get our offense back on the field to score more points, and I think uh, we just clicked as a team. And I think there will be games where certain teams will try and take away certain things, and, and other parts of our game will have to step up, and I think that's where we'll be tested. And uh, you know, I think that's what we're striving for this week is just to be solid in all aspects. Well, and to your point, that may be the case this week with a defense in Northern Illinois mm-hmm. that is really, first of all, it's really good overall, but really good at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. You feel like this team is adaptable to be able to, okay, if they take this away, we're just going to go to this. Yeah, I feel like it's no problem. I feel like we're going to approach this week um, trying to run the ball. If things don't work, we're going to throw it, and, and we're going we're gonna to throw it well, and I hope that by throwing the ball and throwing for so many yards, it shows Northern Illinois like, oh, shoot, maybe we need to spend more time on the pass and I'll open up the run. So I think it's a combination and just ties everything together. Well, now two weeks ago, <coughs> you had the perform. you know, Lopini and Matt and Riley, everybody did such a phenomenal job. And now you get Squally Canada back into the mix. Being able to have that full stable of running backs, that's got to be a huge lift to you guys. Yeah, it is for sure. I mean, running backs are always getting dinged up or whatever, and I'm, I'm glad we have a strong depth chart of, of guys that can – not only run the ball, but catch the ball, block, do whatever, do whatever the offense needs them to do. So it's it's good we have a, a good plethora of guys. For you personally, what have the last couple of weeks been like? Name the starter, getting ready for another game. What is this time like for you? I think people make it a bigger deal than it is. Honestly, um, you know, I'm just a college kid, just like anybody else, and I think people make it more than it really is. And I think it's an exciting time of my life, and it's such a cool opportunity. And I'm glad I get to you know be out here with all my guys and playing the game I love but the one thing that stands out to me about you and and actually coach Grimes even mentioned this earlier in the week before the Hawaii game he looked into your eyes and he's like nothing seemed to phase him the moment doesn't seem too big for you is that just your personality where does that come from I think a lot of it's just uh having confidence in myself and and kind of what um you you believe you can do and I think belief is a huge aspect of things and then I think when you're prepared and I think the team is prepared all week long I think having preparation is what uh, kind of gets rid of the nerves when you, when you know what's going on and you know what's going to come in the game then, then you feel confident in what's going to what's going to happen Tanner spoke to the media this week and talked about how he's here to help you and that that relation is still strong <laughs> I know when he was a starter you were helping him and vice versa that relationship seems to be a pretty solid one yeah me and Tanner are super close friends and and like he said we do a great job separating our life from football and and you know we'll never forget those kind of things down the road from you know, five, ten years from now when, when both of us are on our own lives, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff really won't matter. And, uh, you know, it's good to have a close friend like him. All right, well, let's wrap this up with the, uh, the final four questions. And you mentioned during the bye week you watched a little TV. So maybe this plays into this. What was the last show you binge-watched? Um, to be honest, 
I don't know if I should say, but like Bachelor in Paradise. I mean, our whole our whole house was kind of just uh, me, me, Bo Hodge, Troy. Um, we kind of just we obviously they had their yeah. girlfriends over, but yeah. um, that was the excuse of why we were watching it. Okay, but, uh, yeah, Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, uh, Gunnar Romney said uh, SpongeBob. So okay, yeah, so you know it's fine. No, that's embarrassing. That's a little kid show. <laughs> Okay, so if you were granted one superpower, what would it be? I would say just to know everything, like be able to be able to take a math test and know what all the answers are without actually having to study or know which receiver to throw to without actually having to read the defense. Um, just having everything come to you, I guess, would be a cool so superpower. superior intellect. Yeah. All right, that's not bad. That's a new one. I have not yeah, heard that one. There you go. Okay, your favorite meal is what? I like steak. Okay. Yeah, nice. How do you like the steak? Medium rare. You look down on people who like their steak well done. I'm asking for a friend. It's not because that's the way I like my steak. No, for sure, because it's, it's pretty much like you might as well just eat beef jerky or something. Uh, it's super dry. Or just pour sand on a medium rare steak. Okay. Yeah. So medium rare steak, that's the go-to for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, last question. How has coming to BYU influenced your life? Um, I think it's opened a lot of doors for me besides football. I think it's given me opportunities to excel and have, have a plan B once football's over if it doesn't work out. And, and I think uh, those connections, uh, if I want to live here in Utah, are super, super great to have. Congratulations. It was fun watching you against Hawaii. We're looking forward to seeing this offense continue to grow. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Freshman quarterback Zach Wilson. I, I really enjoyed talking with Zach. Before we get to, to breaking a little bit of that down, Mark, uh, how do you take your steak, by the way? Uh, I go medium. Medium? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because uh, when you go to Outback, <laughs> when you order it medium, it's really medium rare. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, I will not. I will not be looked down upon for wanting my steak cooked. So yeah, I like it well done. I do. Oh, oh see, even Greg, even Greg now is like, I just got the. I, I will not. I will not be made fun of. I will not be you know taken out and mocked because I like the meat cooked. I will, yeah. I, I will not stand for it, I tell you. If I go to IHOP and have a steak, <laughs> you better really heat it up, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so Zach Wilson. So you, you heard him talking about it. This, this is, he says, I'm just, the, it's a bigger, people are making it a bigger deal than it is. I'm just a, a normal college student. Well, while that may be true, he also has a pretty impressive skill set, and that was on display against Hawaii. And I, I know Cougar fans are excited to see that skill set applied again today. Yeah, I really liked uh, the way he handled that. I. I agree that uh, at this point in his career, this is just that first step. And for him to be at that point, he probably expected it. So it's not anything out of what was out of his game plan. His game plan was to be here and to play. And uh, so now that's taking place. All right. We'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel, coming up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if he's still talking to me after the steak (laughs) comment. Uh, That'll happen in about 10 minutes. But first... Mark Lyons is going to chime in on what to expect from the BYU offense the rest of the season with Zach Wilson playing quarterback. Analyze this is next as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. It's time for Analyze This, a chance for Mark Lyons to take us on a deep dive into the BYU offense. As we talked about throughout the show, it looked significantly better two weeks ago against Hawaii. But why and, Mark, what can we expect from a production standpoint moving forward with a new quarterback taking the snaps? Well, uh, I think that the important part that uh, happened that I thought was the biggest change from uh, earlier games was the attitude of the team. 
the attitude, uh, I I don't want to say this out loud, but uh, I'm on the air, so I probably will. I, for some reason, there was no fight against Utah State. They just didn't get up and battle and fight back. And my premise, uh, just uh, this my theory, is that you're in to five, six games of the season. Practice becomes repetition. It's the same thing every Tuesday. We do this every Wednesday. And there is just a little bit of a letdown. And I think that uh, the preparation in getting ready for Hawaii was different. And here's why. BYU showed a new defense that they uh, attacked Hawaii with. So it was something new and different. And all of a sudden, we're putting in this new defense that has to happen in one week. The newness takes away from that repetition of practice. So on the offense, they made changes. Yeah, Zach Wilson became the quarterback. And in putting Zach Wilson in quarterback, all of a sudden there's going to be some changes, and they made some changes in the offense, and those were new and different. And so it took away from that repetition of practice. And I think that everybody benefited from those two changes coming into the Hawaii game. And I think that that performance showed up on the field in a change of attitude and getting rid of that bad feeling that they had from Utah State. And so uh, uh, the four running backs came in, they were solid. And uh, the defense took away that short, quick release key from uh, Hawaii's pass game, They'd, and they were stymied. And so all in all, I thought they did a good job in their preparation for Hawaii, and it showed up in the way that the team performed. Zach Wilson was a general in the way he ran the offense. He's 66.7% completions. Uh, He did a nice job in finding people, ran the ball well. So all of those things came out as a positive. So now following a bye, that's my worry. And uh, so I think Zach Wilson might have rather have had another game the next week. Let's just keep this thing rolling. And so uh, we'll see today if they have that same mindset of coming out and attacking both on offense and defense against this solid defense of Northern Illinois. Yeah, that's 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 the matchup. It's Northern Illinois' defense against what BYU wants to do on offense. That's the way it has been talked about leading up to it. That's what we fully expect. I'm very curious to see, with knowing what Northern Illinois' strength is defensively stopping the run, what BYU can do on the ground. You've mentioned multiple times the fact that when the University of Utah played in DeKalb uh, the second week of the season, they didn't even rush for 70 yards. Yeah. And that's... That it, that's a pretty significant drop with what you're used to seeing. So that's the, that is the matchup. And I think having a healthy Squally Canada or a healthier Squally Canada can certainly yeah. help that. But make no mistake, if Zach Wilson has to throw the football, he is more than capable of throwing the football. And that's where I'm really intrigued today. Let's say that uh, BYU recognizes and they give up on the run game early, and I think Zach alluded to that. They might come out here and throw, throw, throw in order to set up the run attack and get those backers uh, moved off the line of scrimmage, and uh, that will help them in their run game. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel back in the press box. He will join us next. Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Lavella Edwards Stadium. 71 minutes away from kickoff. BYU hosts Northern Illinois Cougars. 
coming off a bye week, so are the Huskies, but BYU looking to uh, take advantage of that. A couple of extra days of practice, a couple of extra days to get players healthy, hoping to uh, have a, a nice advantage at home today over the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Coming up a little bit later on, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. We'll get his view from the sideline, and you'll hear from Husky head coach Rod Carey. Right now, though, it's time to visit with The Voice. Joining us now, The Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. Hey, Shep. I missed the booth. I missed this <laughs> last week. You know, bye weeks, man, they're, they, they take something out. They, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm biased against buys. <laughs> so... Uh, I missed it too. Kalani just told me in his locker room a short time ago that as much as it was good, you could t- he said, "Yeah, it was good for some guys to get healthy, but he doesn't like buys either. Yeah, he, he wants he wants to play, and these guys are anxious to do just that. And what a great matchup today is because of the kind of football NIU plays because that fits right into the keyword and the buzzword for Kalani last week and this week, which is identity. BYU's identity has to be attached to physical football and owning lines of scrimmage. And NIU is that kind of team uh, on offense. Uh, they're, they're very run heavy, uh, do it better than they throw it. And uh, and as we as you guys talked about earlier, especially early in the season against pretty decent competition, P5 competition, good football teams didn't look as good against NIU. And so I'm just uh, really intrigued about the matchup. And, and NIU is not the kind of team that's going to, uh, you know, beat you 35-28, but they certainly expect to beat you 21-17. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't take uh, too far back in our memories to remember Toledo coming in here. And holy Toledo, they lit it up. They were amazing. And, and they're in that same conference. They're in the same uh, kind of ability level as you're going to see in this Northern Illinois team. And Toledo was just outstanding. They had that uh, running back. That Kareem was, Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. That he's done a few things since. He's still yeah. playing the game. He's a good player. <laughs> Quarterback. With the best receiver. team in the NFL. Holy yeah. cow, I tell you. Uh, and so you look at the Toledo and you have an, uh, a little more perspective of what Northern Illinois brings today. Northern Illinois last week, or their last game because they're coming off of bye week as well, defeated the team picked to finish first in the other division. NIU was picked to win the West. Ohio was picked to win the East. And NIU did win it in somewhat atypical fashion because, as I mentioned, they're not a high-scoring team, but they needed to come back from down 12 in the fourth quarter and did that yeah. to beat Ohio in the game before the bye week. And, uh, and so that was impressive on, on their part to be down the way they were because they haven't scored a ton of points. And against their non-conference or P5 foes, the numbers even dropped uh, more precipitously. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what, uh, what Marcus Childers looks like up close. Uh, and they have enough good players, and I've seen enough good plays on film, individual good plays and big plays yeah. on film to know that they're very capable. You mentioned you were talking with, with head coach Kalani Sitake, and fans will be able to hear that full interview coming up in about 35 minutes or so. The word all week long from coaches was they fully expected Squally Canada to be back, utilizing that bye week to try and get him as close to 100% as possible. In your conversation, did you get official word on Squally, and was there any other words uh, from Coach in terms of injury news? Yeah, he said he'll play. Uh, Squally Canada will play. And and so he is back, and uh, he'll be one of a number of running backs to get the ball today. I, I don't think that means that you're not going to see Riley Burt or not going to see Matt Hadley, maybe not even see Tyler Algier. Uh, he plans to use, I think, everybody, all hands on deck today. But uh, Squally Canada has returned for BYU, and that is a good thing. Uh, nothing too much uh, else to say on offense other than I did I did add a third quarterback to my board this week, uh, Jaron Hall, uh, jersey number one. So I, I just have a, a sense that he was a good guy to put on. So uh, I, I've got three quarterbacks on the board. 
forward right now. And we're nearing that four-game period where he can play for four games and still keep his eligibility. Right, hasn't taken a snap yet, but has. Uh, there are five regular season games left. And again, just somebody I put on the board for this week, and so we'll see how that uh, shapes up. Uh, we may not, uh, rather he may not start, uh, Kairos Tonga that is, uh, but uh, but should be able to play today. And Austin Lee is another another one of those guys who may not start, but should play today. So if it's, so if there's no Austin Lee at the beginning, look for Troy Warner at that other safety spot. And if Kyrus doesn't go at the start, then look for uh, uh, Meti Taliauli uh, perhaps to start in his place. Uh, other than that, uh, I think steady she goes. Uh, I did add another, another defensive back to my board in Isaiah Armstrong, as BYU did like its nickel look. And I think uh, in, in an effort to make sure that enough guys have enough reps at enough spots, uh, Isaiah Armstrong may be somebody that uh, comes into the safety safety mix as well. I think Tanner Jacobson will be used probably more exclusively as a nickel uh, back, but uh, Michael Shelton can also play it and did play that against Hawaii. So those are the uh, the, the news and notes type of tidbits from uh, my conversation with Kalani Sitake, which will be coming up uh, in, uh, in whole here in about 25 minutes. We've been talking a lot about the offensive production against Hawaii, and, and I'm curious... How much of that type of production offensively do you think translates directly to the quarterback position? Uh, a, a lot of it, uh, in, in part because he, he just became an extra element that you didn't have to consider before. And uh, as, as uh, you know, and a good example is uh, is third and 16 quarterback draw <laughs> for a touchdown. Uh, as Jeff Grimes deadpanned on the coordinator's corner, we, we didn't have a lot of quarterback draw in before, uh, but it was a good thing to put in. Uh, and so just, just a, a sing- there's a way that, uh, that having Zach Wilson in the game affects things. But more than anything else, I think you could just look at what Zach did in that first game and just uh, and, and see poise. Uh, and, and for someone who's just as fresh-faced as he is, how impressive was that just to see somebody so comfortable in that position? And it might have been just the right team and just the right defense on just the right night for him, but either way he got it done. It's a totally different challenge now with NIU. And that's also intriguing about this is how does a true freshman do in a second start against one of the most disruptive and pass-rush-happy teams in the FBS in uh, Northern Illinois. So I'm I'm excited to see what that means because uh, Sutton Smith uh, may have uh, Zach Wilson uh, taken off and running uh, more than a couple times today. Yeah, that's the challenge is that they'll play ordinary, ordinary, but then they sack you for a seven-yard loss. They tackle for loss for four yards, and they get you off of that schedule against the chains and then put you in a longer situation where now that kid lets the – really come after you hard so uh, i'm pretty impressed with the way they play defense greg great stuff as always we'll hear your conversation with kalani coming up in just a few minutes mark thank you so much thanks for co-hosting the last hour with me thank Uh, you we'll hear both of you coming up in just a little bit thanks Shep. and you got a long day today too an interesting day a two-sport day for you yes we'll we'll, we'll say goodbye to you at some point today so you can go cover soccer and best of luck to jen rockwood's team as they play uh, for a WCC championship and an NCAA tournament berth today against uh, Santa Clara at 5 o'clock. And, Shep, you'll have that call with uh, Avery Walker. That's right. Looking forward to it. It's a, it's a fun day. Football starting things off and then working over for a possible championship in women's soccer. And we've already had a cross-country sweep yes. in the WCC, and you'll get oh. to that too. So it's already been a good day. Yeah, it's already been a great day. All right. We'll just, you know what? To, to wrap up this segment, let's just say go Cougars. A big, big day for BYU Athletics. All right, after a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar pregame live. Shep with you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the BYU Cougars hosting the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Always happy to be joined by former Cougar receiver, current sideline reporter, 
Mitchell Jurgens and Mitchell, there are many ways to have a productive bye week, but you and your lovely wife took that to the extreme. Congrats on the birth of your daughter. How does it feel to be a dad? Man, it it feels so great. I, I mean, it, you can't put it into words. Um, you know, I had a feeling I'd be asked these questions coming into today, <laughs> and I've thought a lot about it, and you just can't put it into words. It's something so indescribable, so amazing. When you know, I hold my daughter in my arms and realize she's mine. Um, it's, I'm a it's professional. Surreal. It's it's the greatest blessing I could have asked for, and it's been a dream ten days. I, I will say that. All right. So look, you've got billions of people, and I'm not exaggerating, listening to this <laughs> broadcast right now. This is your opportunity to to gloat about your little daughter. Tell everybody her name and and yeah. just tell us about her. Okay, Myra Jane. Um, she was born on October 17th, 6 pounds, 15 ounces, and, and she is seriously an angel. Um, she looks just <laughs> like her mother, which I was hoping for. Um, and, man, she, she's just an angel, um, just so sweet. And, you know, I, I, every time I look at her, I actually, I, I called my parents this week, and I, I told them I didn't realize. I mean, I always knew that they loved me. I always knew that they would do anything for me. I would have never questioned that before. Um, but now I realize just how much they loved me because, you know, I, I, I love my daughter so much already. There's an instant connection, and I would literally do anything for her because she's I mean, she's my everything. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congratulations to your Thank family. You. Fantastic news. All right, let's talk a little football. And I actually asked uh, Greg this just a few minutes ago, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. The offense looked completely different against Hawaii. The production level was significantly improved. How much of that was a direct result of the switch of quarterback? Yeah, you know, I'm honestly not too sure about that. Um, you know, part of me thinks that it, it wasn't, uh, but the other part of me thinks that it, that it wasn't, and for a couple reasons. First off, the reason I say no is because, you know, I think if Tanner was in the game, um, I think BYU still wins. Um, we saw a dominant performance from the offensive line, and the defense really stepped up. And so I think if Tanner was at the helm, they could have, you know, easily found those running lanes. And uh, for the running backs, I, I felt like the passing lanes were there because the run game was so successful. And so I think if Tanner was in the game, I, I still do think BYU wins the game. And so for that reason, specifically to last week's matchup, I don't necessarily know if it was it was a big game changer. However, the reason I do say yes um, is because. You know, with uh, with a switch at quarterback, um, I mean that's a big game changer. Um, it's a you know, football is a game of confidence. It's a game of momentum and a sense of guys being completely dialed in. Uh, with the struggles that BYU was having before last week, they needed something to rally the team, and and that was this big change. So giving Zach Wilson the nod um, in a game that uh, that could have that could have been the spark in the ignition that this team needed to be to be revived once again. Northern Illinois is a team that honestly isn't great on offense, but they are superb defensively. So what can BYU do to keep the offense moving forward against a team that is extremely aggressive on the defensive side of the football? Yeah, well, as we've seen so far this season, um, the only games that BYU has won is when they're successful in the run game. So first and foremost, just looking at how BYU has played this season, if they want to get their offense rolling, they need to establish the run early. Uh, However, this isn't the easiest task against a team who is allowing just 2.7 yards per carry so far this season. And, you know, as you mentioned, Jason, this defense is very aggressive and very talented. Uh, They bring a lot of pressure and put a heavy and consistent effort to stop the run, bringing more guys in the box throughout the game than other teams would do. 
Um, and, and honestly, the numbers don't lie. They're ranked number 14 in the country in sacks with 22, uh, number 21 in tackles for loss with 54. They also know how to force turnovers as they're ranked second in the country in fumble recoveries with 10. Um, so in order for the BYU's offense to get rolling, they need to hold out to the ball and eliminate turnovers. Um, but I also think they need to take advantage of one-on-one matchups on the outside. Um, with the pressure and the run-stopping efforts we will see from NIU, the receivers need to ste- step up and get open early. Zach won't have as much time as he had against Hawaii. Um, and so the, the receivers need to win early and then win at finish. Um, and I think we could see you know, a, a very productive offense. There have been a lot of freshmen who have played this season, started this season for various reasons. When you look at this freshman group as a whole, I mean, and a lot of them honestly have been on the offensive side of the football. What stood out to you about this freshman group? And has there been any one freshman that has impressed you the most? Yeah, I, I'd say probably their poise and confidence uh, that they're playing with. It's, it's definitely not common to see this many freshmen having such an impact. Uh, but I think the reason why BYU is having success is because they don't play like freshmen. Um, I've seen big plays from freshmen in big-time moments this season, which is usually where we see mistakes and the hesitation in their play. Um, but if, if, if I do have to pick a freshman who has impressed me the most, I would have to go with Lopini Katoa. Um, his patience and vision as a runner makes it look like he's been playing college football for years. Uh, and then you tack on his pass-catching ability out of the backfield. I mean, I've just been very impressed with his abilities and style of play this year for BYU. And, and for running backs, it usually takes time to develop one aspect of their game, whether it's running the football or catching. Um, so to see the versatility already as a freshman is very impressive. And, um, and so, yeah, I expect big things from Lopini. Um, in the coming years and, and have just been very impressed with him. Staying with the running backs for a second, we, we know that Squally Canada is going to be back in terms of you know how much they utilize him and the percentage of carries he has, that still remains to be seen. But with the production that we saw two weeks ago, again, against a completely different defense, you're, you're probably not going to have the same types of looks right, that right. You, today that you did against Hawaii's defense. But the production that you saw from Lopini Katoa, and Matt Hadley, and Riley Burt. When you throw in a guy like Squally Canada, I, I, I like the opportunity, even up against this really good defense that stops the run, and that's, that's their key, I like BYU's chance with that many productive backs to be able to get something going. Yeah, and I think the, the best part about this is I, this bye week came at a perfect time. Um, having Squally back healthy is is a huge asset to BYU's offense. And what we saw from last week is Lopini. I mean, we, we've always known Squally can get the job done. Um, Lopini has proved to be you know a very reliable runner and pass catcher. Um, but what we saw last week is Matt Hadley and Riley Burke, when called upon, they can get the job done. And so now you have four running backs who can be trusted in this offense. Where if if a guy's having you know maybe a rough day or um, you know, if Squally tweaks the ankle again and, and, and guys just aren't completely healthy, we've got running backs that we can rely on, or BYU has running backs they can rely on to be successful in the run game, which is very positive um, and should give all the fans an optimistic feeling towards the end of the season. This is going to be a different type of matchup for the BYU defense after facing so many teams that try to attack them through the air. That's not what Northern Illinois does. They're not a good passing team. They are a run-first team, whether it's out of the backfield, whether it's at the quarterback position, and they're not scoring a lot of points either. How do you think the Cougars match up 
defensively against NIU? Yeah, I think they match up really well. Um, I've always felt that when BYU can game plan to primarily stop the run, they always do a really good job. Um, I feel like BYU tends to struggle more when they are worried about the pass, always feeling like they have to they need to drop more guys back in coverage to compensate. Um, but that, like you said, it won't be the case in their preparation for this game because NIU will try to pound the football, throwing the ball much less than teams BYU has faced this season. Um, we will see, we're, we're probably going to see the BYU safeties play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, they're going to clog up the box, and, and BYU has the size and ability to do that. Um, so I can see them having great success today. Um, now, with that said, they need to tackle. They need to stay assignment, uh, assignment sound. Uh, but if they do that, they should be able to shut down this offense who has struggled to get things moving this season. Well, and I think whether you look at either side of the ball, offensive or defensive, and it was interesting because we had Bill Baker on. He's the voice of Northern Illinois. And the one thing he said uh, about BYU, and this is something that is, is pretty obvious because we see this team all the time, but, you know, opposing teams will come in and they will talk about the size and the physicality of BYU whether it's the offensive line, defensive line, just in general. BYU's size is a weapon for the Cougars, and I think that will play a role today on both sides of the football for BYU. Absolutely. When you look at a team that is pounding the football, and and on both sides, because I expect BYU to also pound the football. We saw it last week. When you have size, it wears down the opponent. Um, I mean, it's when you take beating after beating from big guys. I mean, I, I I played receiver and I took a few big hits from some big guys, and and it does it wears you down when you take enough of them. And so, yeah, that size is a big factor, and I I, I hope that BYU uses that to their advantage and comes out strong on both sides of the ball tonight. So is uh, is baby Myra? Is she is she at the game? Is she experiencing her first BYU football game today, or is she still a little too young? It's a little too young. Okay, you know, ten days watching um, it on TV or it, maybe in, or listening, maybe muting the TV and listening absolutely. to the broadcast? Yep. Is that the she's, way it's happening? Yeah, she's definitely listening to her daddy right now. Okay. And uh, so I, if it's okay, I'll give her a shout-out. Please out. do. I was going to okay. tell you to do that. Myra, I love you. Daddy will be home soon. And, uh, yeah, we're just uh, – I'm just – I'm so in love with her, and I'll shout it from the rooftops. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Proud Papa. There's nothing wrong with that <laughs> at all. Mitchell, great stuff, man. Hey, uh, thank we'll you hear so you much. With, with Greg and Mark coming up a little bit later on. Thank you. On the other side, we go across the field. We'll talk with Northern Illinois head coach Rod Carey. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. For a late October fall afternoon, you could not you could not have a better weather day. Again, Temperatures expected to be upper 60s, low 70s for game time. Beautiful skies, some clouds, but no precipitation expected at all. A gorgeous day here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard helping you get ready for the Cougars and the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Rod Carey is in his sixth year as head coach in DeKalb. Before being named head coach, he was actually the offensive coordinator, and before that, he was the O-line coach. So he's had, had a lot of different duties during his time in at Illinois, or excuse me, in Illinois. I talked with the Huskies head man earlier this week. Here's our conversation. After a 1-3 and three start, and, and somewhat very similar to what BYU had, kind of a tough beginning to the season in terms of opponents, the team's won three straight. What's been the biggest reason for the recent success, do you think? Well, I, I think probably the recent success is a direct uh, result of what early. Early we were in four-quarter games and, you know, weren't quite getting over the hump, and then we learned from that, and then we're in four-quarter games these last few ones and uh, found a way to 
to get the win. So uh, I think it's a direct uh, relationship right there. Your defense is impressive, to say the very least. Give our listeners an idea of just how well this defense is playing, as well as your stud defensive end, Sutton Smith. Coach, he's a keeper. Yeah, yeah, he is. And I think we got a bunch of keepers uh, over there on that side of the ball, and offensively too, but defensively, uh, the biggest thing with defense and, and this team, these guys do it as good as I've been around, is get lined up, communicate, and run to the ball, right? It can be about that easy. And this group does those three things as well as I've been around. And uh, when you have that, I think you got a great chance. And then you add in some exceptional players like Sutton Smith, Kyle Pugh, Antonio Jones-Davis, Josh Corcoran, Jalen Embry, guys like that. Uh, you know, then I think you really got a good shot. On the offensive side of the ball, you rely a lot on the run game, whether it's from the backs themselves, from the quarterback position. Team's coming off a 255-yard performance against Ohio. In fact, the Huskies have rushed for over 200 yards for three straight weeks, all wins. How do you describe the offensive attack right now? Well, it's not as productive as we want it, but it's getting better. Uh, you know, we're not playing offense around here like we're accustomed to. And um, we're, we're going to get back to that, and we are, and we're getting better at it. There are reasons for that. I don't make excuses, so I don't go into those reasons. All we do is put our nose down and try to get better. But it's always going to be started with running the football. And we want to be more explosive in the past game than we've been, and we're working to do that. But, uh, you know, I, I really like how the offense is progressing here. What are your thoughts on this BYU team you'll face in Provo? I see a good, big, strong, rugged team that is very active and has good skill. Uh, I like the new quarterback they have in there. Uh, I think he really shows a lot of confidence on film, even though it's been just one game. Uh, he has a good skill set defensively. I think they know exactly who they are, and uh, they run to the ball and are very, you know, to be quite honest with you, they remind me a lot of our defense. They're maybe not as, as penetrating and as up the field as we are at times, but when it comes to effort to the ball and swarming, uh, you know, it reminds me of our guys. You mentioned the uh, the quarterback change, and now Zach Wilson, the quarterback for the Cougars. How different does BYU look from what they were before Wilson took over the job to now what they were? Granted, with just one game, but what differences do you see? Well, it was a simpler thing uh, that they came into Y because you're starting, uh, you know, a true freshman quarterback, so it's going to be simpler. Uh, but the philosophy of it didn't change at all. They want to run the ball. They want to misdirection you. Um, they want to shift trade motion you. And so that, that's where it started. And certainly his ability with his feet uh, certainly adds a whole different element because you know he can throw the ball. And you, you know his ability to get that done and the way he sees the field. So, But the philosophy hasn't changed. I think the execution was probably a little better. And I got a lot of respect for Mangum, too, uh, you know, I, I thought he was good on film as well. But this is definitely a different uh, element and, uh, you know, certainly worked pretty well for him. Talking with Northern Illinois head coach Rod Carey here on Cougar Pregame Live. Both teams coming off a of bye week, both teams trying to take advantage of some of that rest. From a health standpoint, how are you guys coming into this game? Well, as healthy as you can be, I think. You know, you talk about trying to get healthy. It's really only two weeks, Right. Uh, you know, so it, it's not like if you have a, a major injury, you're, two weeks isn't going to help that. But the bumps and bruises, uh, that you know, we're getting those healed up. And, and I think that uh, that's been a big part of this, which is a good thing overall. 
As I was preparing for this game, I was going over the last couple of years, the schedule that Northern Illinois has played. And one of the things that stood out to me is the program has actually played several Mountain West Conference teams over the past few years. So coming out West to play really isn't a big deal for this program, it would appear. No, we have. We, we've been out there with, uh, you know, UNLV and then out to the Poinsettia Bowl a few times um, at different things. So, uh, you know, and, and going out west, it, it's always a big deal because it's a long trip, right? But we've done it, so we have some experience with it. Uh, I, I don't think experience lessens. Uh, it doesn't make the, the flight any shorter, I can tell you that. <laughs> but it certainly, uh, it certainly helps on what to know, how to expect of what's going on. Does that help in terms also of dealing with the elevation and things like that? Can uh, you know? I think elevation is so you got to get out there and you got to get used to it. That's the biggest thing, and you know we're uh, uh, we're trying to do that right now. Coach, uh, just a minute or so more, and again, I appreciate your time. When you look at this matchup, how do you think these two teams match up against each other? Well, I think it'll be uh, both programs. I think are built probably philosophically the same way. It's run the ball, stop the run, and play sound in the kicking game. That's what both of us want to do, uh, both programs. And so it's going to be strength on strength. And uh, I think the first person that kind of cracks through on that and continues to crack through is, uh, you know, probably going to have a real good chance in the fourth quarter. Thank you to Northern Illinois head coach Rod Carey for taking a few minutes this week to preview today's game. I thought it was interesting, his comment in terms of BYU's defense. He thinks that the actually reminds him of his defense. He says they're not as, as penetrating or, or up the field at times uh, as his defense can be, uh, but I thought that was pretty high praise for one of from a, a coach that gets to see one of the best defenses in the country uh, week in and week out. All right, when we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football. Cougar Pregame Live rolls on. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Wrapping things up, we'll hand things over to Greg Rubel, the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, coming your way in just a few minutes. Let's update you on some other action in college football. And we're used to having more games that have begun and some finals for you because BYU typically plays later on, if not late in the evening. But with an afternoon start, we've only got two games in the top 25 that are currently going on. One of them is an absolute rout. That would be number two Clemson at Florida State. There's still 6.50 to go in the third quarter, and it's already 45 to nothing in favor of Clemson. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that uh, Florida State probably not going to come back from that type of deficit. Also, this one of interest to BYU fans because it has to do with number 20, Wisconsin. Cougars getting the win in Madison a month or so ago. Right now, not looking good for the Badgers. They are at Northwestern. And right now, Northwestern with a 31-10 lead with 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Coming up a little bit later on this afternoon, it is number 9, Florida, at number 7, Georgia. K-State at number 8, Oklahoma. Penn State, 17th in the country, hosting number 18, Iowa. Number 21, South Florida, traveling to Houston to take on the Cougars. Missouri, hosting number 12, Kentucky in Columbia. Number 15, Washington at Cal. Also, number 14, Washington State on the road at number 24, Stanford. Also, don't forget, WCC Championship on the line for 
BYU women's soccer. They come into today's match at Southfield against Santa Clara, who, by the way, is the number six team in the country. Both teams 6-1 and one in the WCC. If the Cougars can win this one, they will win the WCC. They will also get the auto bid for the NCAA tournament. That is a game that will get underway at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. All right, that is a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium, where today we bring you something that has never happened in the history of BYU football, a game against the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Yes, today we can check another team off the list. After this afternoon's game, there will be only 45 FBS teams that BYU's yet to face. (laughs) Next season, BYU will play three of them, with games at Tennessee, at South Florida, and home to Liberty. As for today, BYU and NIU meeting for a first time with the Cougars' return visit to DeKalb set for 2020. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. And with me as always, the BYU signal caller from back in the day, the Arvada Flash, the legendary Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, after a week away, BYU's primed for... This five-game stretch run, having already equaled last season's win total at four, the next milestone is a bowl eligibility, and BYU's two wins away from that. The more immediate objective is defeating an NIU squad that's not very explosive on offense, but excellent on the other side of the ball. Man, you're right, Greg. <clears throat> Again, as, as always, I've got to just say as always, but uh, I think this is such an interesting matchup today because you have two teams with the same record coming in, and both of them coming off of buys last week. Neither team have ever played each other, so they just don't have much familiarity at all about what kind of talent they have on the other side of the ball. Uh, BYU throws for more yards than they run, and Northern Illinois, they run for more yards than they throw it. And defensively, they really are good at stopping the run. So I think this is a nice matchup. Uh, So far in this season, Right now, uh, Northern Illinois is 125th in total offense. They are 74th in the nation in rushing the football. That's decent. They uh, pass offense 122nd. When you have a 120 thing, it's not a good thing. Scoring's 123 in the nation. And defensively, they're 41st in total defense. They're 18th in rush defense. And they are 46th in the nation in scoring defense. So you can see that the defensive side of their football is their strength. They really are active on defense. They pursue the ball really well. Their linebackers fill quickly. They're good tacklers. So I think today BYU is going to be tested. It'll It'll be fun to see how well that offense that did so well and scored in all four quarters against Hawaii is going to match up with this defense today. But here we are, Craig, playing in the afternoon. Look at that. Oh, man, look at that sky, and the colors are changing over there. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. Coming up next, my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus in Provo on a sunny Saturday, a forecast high of 70 degrees today. Perfect autumn day on tap for BYU and NIU. The Cougars taking on a team of Huskies for the second time this season. BYU having visited Washington, of course, in late September. Here we now, late October, and BYU comes off its bye week taking on a program that is doing the same. Northern Illinois' open week came after three straight wins. BYU's bye week follows a win that snapped a two-game skid. For true freshman quarterback Zach Wilson, it's his second career start. And it'll be a step up in weight division from his debut. <laughs> Northern Illinois, a much better defensive team than Hawaii. And in our pregame interview, brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I asked Coach Asitake about the challenge of fa- a challenge facing Wilson and the BYU offense here this afternoon. Yeah, and, and, and proven film, you know. So I think um, Zach's ready. Uh, I've said this before about him and his study. I think his preparation is uh, is better than a lot of people I've been around, especially for a true freshman. So. I know he's had an extra week to prepare for it, so uh, we've had really good practices, and uh, I think we have a really good scheme that will benefit our, our offense and be able to get us some mismatches. But uh, we'll have to see how it works out. As far as we play the game, we got to establish our identity and have a presence on the line of scrimmage. That's got to be key for us. Uh, and I use line of scrimmage defensively focuses so much with the efforts of number 15, Sutton Smith. What makes him a special player? Well, I mean, he, he I believe he led the NCAA in sacks last year, and so... He's uh, pretty much on that on his way again this year, and he's disruptive with TFLs and the run game. So we have to be able to know where he's on the where he's located on the field uh, before every play. But um, at the same time, we have to be able to run that right at him and make him play physical football. He he's a little bit undersized, but he avoids a lot of blocks and can he's really slippery. So we need to make sure that we can get bodies on him and and uh, try to drive him back and, and really keep him guessing. If he's just going to pass rush the whole game, it'll be really mm-hmm. difficult for us. And if he knows, uh, if we can get him out of situations where we're third and long, I think we'll have better success keeping him guessing whether it's a run or pass. NIU's recovered 10 fumbles on the year, second nationally, and part of that disruption you just mentioned a moment ago. Yeah. takeaways. And, and they, they're not afraid of pressure, and they, uh, they're they really mindful of poking the ball out. You know, So we, uh, I think we've been pretty good in ball security um, but you know that's been an extra emphasis for us especially with the off week and the extra preparation getting ready for NIU there's tons of film our guys have seen every bit of film on them and so that's one thing that's evidence that they're they're going to fi- find a way to try to get the ball out and we need to make sure that we cover up. Okay. What are some talking points from the NIU offense now? Well I think they're, they're going to establish the run game and then they'll take shots with their, with their play action pass and do, they do a lot of max pro in their passing game um, so we will have to be able to dial up some pressures and, and uh, you know, find a way to try to get them in the third long so we can um, uh, make them have a mistake and, and try to get Childers to make a, make a mistake in the throwing game. That, that's got to be key for us, and our, our defense is just trying to handle the run game. They're, the quarterback runs the ball quite a bit, which forces us to have more people in the box and be mindful of his running ability. And then he can also has, he has the RPO option. So that's a, it's, it's a tough task. I mean, I think the, statistically they're not doing great, but – it works really well with their defense. They burn clock, and they um, they try to take as much as you can give them, and they try to establish a, a, a good physical identity on, up front with the O-line, trying to run the ball. And that running the ball has worked well. They've a- averaged about 250 a game in their last three wins coming in two today as they have won three straight. So for you guys, uh, good news is we haven't seen them in a while, but we get Squally Canada back today. Yeah, that would be good for us in the run game. I, I think um, – you know, having all those guys and having all your weapons is going to be key for us. And we're starting to see guys like Riley Burt and Lopini 
and Matt Hadley really start to get better as as we get closer to the end of the season. But uh, I, I like the progress that those other guys have made, taking advantage of the reps that Squally, uh, when Squally was out the last couple of weeks, and so. But it'll be good. It's good to have him back, you know, and, and have all your weapons there at the running back position. That'll be good for us. And the fact that seven guys scored touchdowns last week kind of represents the fact that a lot of different guys are getting it done for you right now on offense. We have to be able to um, attack whenever we want and be able to establish our identity. And uh, I think we, we have to air it out when we need to air it out and run the ball when we need to run the ball. But we, this game's got to be focused on us more than them. How's your defense looking this week? Really good. I mean, we, we uh, you know, with the extra time, we, we were able to do some self-evaluation, self-scout. And I think we have a lot of different things that will get us in a better position to have success as creating more disruption and trying to find a way to get bigger bigger plays made for the defense and trying to flip the field for our offense. So that's going to be key for us, creating turnovers. And I feel really good about the, the progress we've made and some of the things that we've done with our scheme. As you learn more about your team with this uh, bye week, some self-scouting, what do you think will be the look that BYU gives uh, opponents and fans here in these final five games? Well, we have to start fast like we did last time. You know, Hawaii game, we started fast, and that's going to be the key for us. And uh, I'd like to see it sustained throughout the all 60 minutes. That's going to be the key, getting out. Um, I, I like the fact that we're playing early and get these guys going. And our guys are, are chomping at the bit because the week off, I know it was, it was cool to have uh, some guys rest up and everything, but more than anything, there's this, they, they missed football. and it was, It's nice to have that feeling. It feels like a whole new season again and that we're starting with game one, and that's the attitude we're going to take. It's already your second-to-last home game of the season already, and yet it's a wonderful day. It's a 1.30 kick. What a, what a great day here at Lovell Edwards Stadium. Yeah, just like the old days. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, good luck today. We'll talk to you post-game. All right, go Cougs. Thanks. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of BYU and NIU continues right after this, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Cougar Kickoff Show. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house. Same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Honda Dealers. And by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on this late October afternoon. Already it's the second-to-last home game of this 2018 BYU football season. A win today would bring BYU to 3-2 and two at home this year. Since 2005, BYU's 22-6 and six in October home games. I'm Greg Rubel, joined by Mark Lyons in the booth. Our on-site engineer is Barry Squires. Our statistician is Ralph Sokolowski. Spotter, McKay Perry. Pre-game halftime and post-game host is Jason Shepard. Actually, we may see Ben Bagley doing some halftime time in postgame work as Jason does some soccer later on. Down on the field, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. The rest of our broadcast team consisting of BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Nathan Israelson, along with broadcast intern Aaron Fitzner here in the booth and intern Blake McMullen back at the BYU Radio Studios. You are listening to us on the new skin BYU Sports Network, coast to coast on satellite, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. In northern Utah, we are over the air on BYU Radio 89.1 FM, along with KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. 
That 89.1 FM, by the way, is the HD2 channel. We are also on BYU Sports Network radio affiliates in Utah and Idaho and around the globe at BYURadio.org and BYUcougars.com slash live radio. We're also on multiple apps, including the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, and for those here at the stadium, Get the new BYU Game Day app and listen to our broadcast there. And then archives available break-free quarter-by-quarter at byuradio.org and on the BYU Football Podcast. And, Mark, leading up to our last game, the storyline was the change at quarterback. And let's revisit for a second the decision to go with Zach Wilson, particularly, Mark, as it relates to what coaches thought Zach might be able to do and how quickly. Well, I really thought that they made a good choice, you know, uh, it looked like it was going to be the way that we kind of thought. Tanner would probably start the experience, the heavy load of the early part of the season, and uh, let Zach kind of work his way in and learn what's going on. And then with the, oh, I can't say inefficient production, but it wasn't as high-powered an offense as you would have liked. So I do think that the fact that they brought in uh, Zach Wilson was really going to be a spark for him, and it turned out that it was. I was impressed with how poised he was how confident he was, and the offense performed quite well, as did he. How many, He couldn't have been much better. Completed two-thirds of his passes for three touchdowns and ran for a score himself. So I do think that uh, they, they made a good choice. It was, uh, it's been very productive. I don't know if the bye is going to help him or not. Uh, it helps him become more part of the team, but I'll bet he wishes that he just would have been able to go out and play in that next week. So the caution he has today, of course, is he, you can't give up those sacks, which is one of the strongest points of uh, Northern Illinois' defense because you get behind the chains, you know they're going to throw the football, and then they come with their blitz package. More of the Cougar Kickoff Show coming up after the break and after this reminder that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our BYU football coverage continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth with Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Today it's BYU and Northern Illinois in the first ever meeting between these two schools and the first of a two-game series scheduled to conclude in DeKalb, Illinois, two years from now. BYU's offense are getting a shot in the arm with the insertion of Zach Wilson at quarterback. Still some room for improvement on the BYU offense. Some numbers lag, but where BYU's doing really well right now, Mark, is taking care of the ball. They're 25th in fewest, uh, fewest giveaways right now, and, and they score in the red zone. BYU's top 30 in the red zone touchdown percentage. And uh, of 25 drives inside the 20, BYU scored eight, uh, 21 times, and 18 of those scores were touchdowns. The four red zone failures include two kneel downs, so the real percentage is actually higher than listed. BYU's doing well when they get in scoring position. They're not throwing the ball away a lot, and so they're really kind of maximizing the efficiency right now uh, through the, the red zone proficiency and the ball security. So kudos to Jeff Grimes, the staff and players for that. Yeah, and that's the truth. The ball security's been great. I think that there's just been very few turnovers caused by fumbles. And again, that'll be a, a nice thing to watch today. But uh, BYU's had some challenges in making long drives. That's been their difficulty is the consistency to make those long drives. But once they get inside the blue zone, they get touchdowns. That's the real positive. Uh, last game versus Hawaii, the BYU offense was 5-for-5 five five in scoring touchdowns inside the blue zone. That's great. And they came, overcame penalties to be able to do so. So uh, the part that uh, is success 
is once they get it down there, they're very good at it. Here's the caution for Northern Illinois today. If Northern Illinois pins you inside the 10-yard line or 15 and they keep you down in there tight, you'd like to run down there because you're worried about turning the ball over with an interception. And so because they're so good against the run, they, you can't get out of the sock. You can't get out of the hole. You punt it. They end up with the ball at the 50-yard line, and they get that flip of the field. So BYU has to be good at both ends, coming outside of the 20-yard line and also scoring from inside the 20. As we head to break, time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn how what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. On a one-point PAT attempt, the scoring team's kick is blocked and recovered by a defensive player at the two-yard line. That player then fumbles, and the ball rolls into the end zone, where it is recovered by a teammate while grounded. How is this play scored? The answer is coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so back on the Cougar kickoff show, BYU and NIU kicking at the bottom of the hour. Let's get to the answer in today's NCAA football rules question in You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here's today's football rules scenario. On a one-point PAT try, the scoring team's kick is blocked and recovered by a defensive player at the two-yard line. That player then fumbles the ball, and it rolls into the end zone where it is recovered by a teammate while grounded. How is this play scored? And the ruling is it's a one-point safety for the team that scored the touchdown. You be the judge presented by Legally Mine. Coming up, we'll have sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens as our pregame coverage of BYU and NIU continues. Live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU-NIU kickoff just moments away. And uh, Mark Lyons, while the NIU offense is one of the least productive and least explosive in the FBS, the defense makes up for it by snagging takeaways at a high rate, keeping opponents' scores low, and keeping opposing QBs on their toes with a defensive end named Sutton Smith. Something else, an All-American defensive end at only 6'1", 237. 6'1", 237. And he's a defensive end. Well, you know, he is very quick, and uh, he's also a good tackler, and he's very strong. But uh, let's just compare him quickly to Corbin Kafusi, because Fusi's numbers are much bigger than Sutton. He's 6'9". That's one of them there. He's bigger, and he's he's also uh, 275 pounds. But uh, I was quite surprised also to see that uh, Corbin has more tackles. He has more uh, unassisted tackles by six. He, also, he has one less sack than uh, Sutton Smith. Uh, Sutton Smith does have uh, 17 tackles for loss, which is quite a few, nine more than I think uh, Corbin has. So uh, here's the thing about he never quits. Man alive, he just goes and goes. He can't wait for the next snaps. He's not a defensive end in that uh, he's in that position, but he's in a two-point stance almost always. He gets a quick jump on that tackle. And he's just so aggressive. He goes, he follows every play. Uh, I'm very impressed how his motor just doesn't ever quit. So he is a tough guy. And then their middle linebacker is their leading, ta- or he's the inside, outside linebacker. He's also a stud. Antonio, Antonio Jones, Jones, Jones Davis. Davis. Yeah. yeah. So watch those two guys today. By the way, uh, Smith was a high school running back, ran for over 2,000 yards and 36 touchdowns, mm. 32 touchdowns his senior year. He's a baller. 
All right, time to bring in Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And, uh, Mitch, before we get to football, let's get to fatherhood. Congrats again to you and your wife, Shana, on uh, having a bi-week baby named Myra Jane. Great planning on your part. Uh, uh, two-part question for you now. Uh, how, how have the first uh, 10 days of parenthood gone for you, and what are you looking for today from BYU and NIU? Yeah, honestly, Greg, it has, you know, fatherhood has been absolutely amazing. It's, it's so hard to, to put into words the feelings that – that I have, um, and, and they're, to to say it short, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, and the reason why it's so great is because of my wife. I mean, Shannon makes this parenting thing look so easy <laughs> and is such a natural when it comes to motherhood. Um, and, and now to Myra, my daughter. I mean, she's perfect in every way, and my wife and I are so smitten and so in love with her already. Um, and, you know, every moment I'm not with her, I miss her. You know, I, I miss her right now. I'd, I'd love to get my... Uh, you know, my daughter snuggles on, um, but, you know, I, I'm ready for some football. Um, to, to what I'm looking at for this game, um, coming off a of bye week, I expect this team to start off very strong. Uh, there's no reason why, you know, in the first quarter they shouldn't put up some scoring drives. Uh, yes, it is a, a tough and very stout, aggressive defense, um, but, you know, from what we saw last week, the offense can put up points behind Zach Wilson, and so I expect them to come out very strong, play hard, hard-nosed physical football, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for kickoff. It's been too long since uh, we've been here. Thank you, Mitch. Mitchell Jurgens down on the Zions Bank end zone. Time now for today's Ken Garf Keys to the Game, brought to you by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Mark Lines, what do you have for us today? Northern Illinois causes a lot of problems, particularly on defense. They have a lot of tackles for loss that get you behind in the chains, and then it forces you to make uh, some alterations in your offense, so you have to be careful. Northern Illinois can be stopped on offense. You've got to prevent the big play to force them to earn the points. You can't let them have that big, long run. And so number three goes right along with that. Stop the run and then force errors in Northern Illinois' pass game. As we get set for kickoff, the flag bearers today on this, in this Cancer Awareness Month are cancer survivors. And among the folks running out flags today will be BYU head coach Dave Rose. And so that's coming up here at the stadium as we take a break. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.